welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I hope you enjoyed our opening music. It's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band featuring Maya Dore, and you can download it on any of your music platforms. For those of you that are new to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, we're about sound information, not just sound bites. We want to get real stories from real people. And so maybe, just maybe, you can be our next guest. Reach out to me at alzheimerspeaks.com and I would love to hear what you're doing in the realm of dementia. I also like to thank our audience each and every time. You see your likes, your clicks, your shares, they mean the world to us. And so we hope that you will do the same with this show. It's all about building collaboration and a sense of community and pushing out information to people in need. And today's conversation, we're gonna be talking about having your life conversations your life talks is the name of the company today we're going to learn how to engage people to tell their story and to plan for the future of aging which i think is so important but before i introduce you to our guest i always like to give a shout out to a couple of memory cafes that i facilitate one is with arthur senior care we do that the second and the fourth wednesday at 1 p.m central so that's two o'clock eastern and I also facilitate one on the third Wednesday of each month at the same time, one o'clock central time with Artist Senior Living. And if you're interested in either of those, you can reach out to me or better yet, you can go to the Memory Cafe directory, which lists all of the memory cafes and every state. And the nice thing about all the cafes being virtual right now is you don't have to be in our backyard in order to participate. Everyone is welcome. So if you go to Cafe Connect on Memory Cafe, you'll find the virtual cafes and check out the dates and times and see if they're of interest and uh, participate. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I also wanna give a shout out to Dementia Map, the global resource directory we just launched right around the holidays. And it's been fun to see people participating and kind of scoping it out. We are always looking for new resources and new people to grab a hold of those resources as well. It's free to use and we have free listings for businesses and for those who want a little extra promotion, there's some economical uh, paid plans as well. Last, I wanna shout out to Coral Health because you can still download two of their music apps for free during the pandemic, Music First and Coral Faith. Just go to Coral, C-O-R-O health.com for more information. Now we're going to hear from the Foot Bar Walker and we will be right back with our guest. Introducing the life-changing Foot Bar Walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky and I'm 91 years old. The Foot Bar Walker revolutionized my care of George. It absolutely benefits the patient and the caregiver both and that's the beauty of it. It's so easy to use. It folds up just like a dream. I got it in and out of the car without any effort at all. The saving that I made from having to put him 
in a nursing home came to about $192,000. Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle to get up from a seated position? Are you a caregiver dealing with physical pain and stress as you help your patient? The Foot Bar Walker was designed to assist not only the patient, but also the caregiver. Patients have more control standing up, and no lifting from the caregiver is required. See how it works at thefootbarwalker.com. That's thefootbarwalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend the Foot Bar Walker? Do I ever? I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for the Foot Bar Walker. Let's get back to our guest today because I, I was just thrilled when I ran across her product. Our guest is Jolene Hill, and she is motivated to inspire families to have conversations about what really, really matters in life. She was a full-time carer for her husband, when he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And with that knowledge and her background as a funeral director, she was inspired to create Your Life Talks. She's passionate about the importance of creating a record of our life's journey for future generations and having conversations about our wishes for the future, including end-of-life health care. Well, welcome, Jolene. I am so excited to have you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me along, Lauren. Well, good. You know, before I, I start talking about your your product, I always like to ask people if they've been personally touched in any way um, by dementia in their own family or circle of friends. Yes, I have, and uh, it's, it's very timely that you should ask me that. My uh, I'm the youngest of four girls, and my eldest sister is uh, 16 years older than me, and uh, she has suffered from Alzheimer's. It's been a fairly short journey for her, and uh, absolutely devastating for the family. I came to understand very quickly why people say they, they feel they lose people twice sometimes. Um, because when I go to see her, it's it's becoming difficult to recognize her as the sister I've had in my life. So, uh, yes, I have. The short answer to that is yes. And uh, and my heart goes out to everybody that, that is on this journey of Alzheimer's. Well, thank you for sharing uh, that with our audience. And I'm sorry to hear your family's going through it. I, I know what it's like. My mom had it for 30 years. and. You know, it's a it's a really different disease. It's kind of hard to put it into words, uh, what all you feel on all sides of it, dealing with it, because every day is a little bit different. Uh, why don't you tell us about your motivation for creating your life talks? I just, I love the name of the company, the products you have and what it stands for. So I can't wait for us to, you know, share this with more people on, on what you've pulled together here. The motivation actually comes from both my professional life and my personal life. So uh, my professional uh, side of things was I was a funeral director for a number of years. So I sat with hundreds of families um, at a very difficult time in their life to help them arrange a funeral for their loved ones. And I came to understand from talking to families that um, often they they struggle to... to uh, tell me simple things about their loved one from their earlier life. But for example, I could I could ask three adult children uh, something simple like, what was your dad's first job? And I would get three different answers from them. 
So, um, and they'd all be surprised at the answer the other sibling had given and they'd say, well, I didn't know Dad worked in the local bakery or I didn't know Dad worked on the railways. Um, and I came to realise that, that often we, we just don't know a lot about our loved one's lives. Um, and also being a funeral director, that, that carried over often to they hadn't had conversations about what uh, their family member wanted uh, in the later stages of their life. So they hadn't had that conversation about advanced care planning. So uh, they were the two sides of the, the conversations I realised that we need to have more of. In my personal life, my, my husband uh, passed away from cancer 11 years ago and I was his full-time carer for two years. And uh, my husband had what is commonly called white coat fever. He had a, a fear of anything medical. <laughs> so he was 60 when he was diagnosed and he had never been to a doctor in his life. So suffice to say, we had never had that conversation about what I would have wanted as we were ageing or as we were approaching uh, the end of our life. Um, conversely, while he, was, uh, while he was sick, one of the things that really lifted his spirits was we have five adult sons and partners and uh, they would often sit with him and they'd ask him questions about earlier in his life because we could see it absolutely lifted him out of his illness and, and you know, all of the, the issues that he had. And so we started recording those conversations because uh, not just my sons, but we'd been together um, 38 years and I started finding out things I didn't know about my husband. So um, they were all good, but nevertheless, there was a lot I started to find out. So that, there was a whole lot of motivation from my professional life and my personal life. But I decided that I, I'd like to inspire people to A, have conversations and talk about their life journey and stories and, and hopefully record it in some way and also have that follow-on conversation about what they want in their future with their family. You know, it was interesting when you were talking about, you know, asking the kids a question about what was the first job and getting three different answers. And it just shows we all resonate with different things. And so we remember different things. And it's important for families to have these conversations and discussions. When I was going through the process, caring for both of my parents, you know, we started doing the funeral planning and, you know, um, you know, just just all of the getting the docs in order for healthcare directives and so many things that weren't talked about that they assumed that I knew. I knew my brothers didn't know because they wouldn't go, they wouldn't touch those topics with a 10 foot pole, you know. And even after we had the conversations and after they passed, there were still questions that I should have asked that I didn't think to ask. Things even like, uh, after they passed, uh, ending up with all these boxes of photos of people. We never went through them together to identify them. And, and I felt this huge guilt throwing out, I mean, boxes and boxes yes. of photos yes. of people that nobody knew who they were. So sad. And yet I know how much pulling out a photo can bring people joy and telling a story and, and all of those types of things. And the and the comfort everybody, I think, can have by having these conversations in terms of knowing when it is the end of life, that you're making the right decisions. You're not second guessing yourself. You've, you've talked about this or, 
you know, even when someone is ill and it might not be end of life per se, you know how to pull them out and bring them joy by allowing them to share stories and stuff. And I think that's a, that's a huge tool that I think a lot of people forget about that's easy to adapt to. And you, you know, you just have this whole guided conversation that's just beautiful and accessible in different ways. So let's talk about the conversation cards, um, you know, that you started and then followed up, you know, with an app. And, you know, how did that all unfold? And how are people responding to it? We actually, I actually started with the, the conversation starter cards to talk about uh, advanced care planning. I could see there were a lot of resources out there, but um, people don't use them. And I, I tried to think of a way to make the conversation uh, more approachable, uh, more, in, you know, not as confronting. I mean, we have to be honest, it, it can be a challenging conversation to bring up with parents or grandparents. Um, and I, I felt that cards were a very tactile way. We're, we're, nearly all of us are familiar with cards. And it's less confronting than sitting down with a clipboard and saying, uh, you know, gee, mum, I, I need to talk about what you want as you're aging and, and an end of life. It, it's quite confronting. So I felt the cards were a much softer approach. And I didn't do this by myself. I did go out into, uh, with professionals, so uh, hospice workers, doctors, nurses, um, social workers. And they helped me frame the right questions in the, in, in the best possible manner. Um, they did, when they were helping me, say it'd be lovely if you could get people talking by getting them to talk about themselves first. And so, Hence the Your Life Story conversation cards came into effect. And what we have found since then is that encouraging people to talk about their life stories, people uh, start to reflect on their life. They often talk about their values and what was important to them during their life. And that is a natural segue into talking about what is important to them in their future. And it's a, it's a lovely, um, more engaging approach instead of jumping straight into that difficult conversation. And so, and, and what you said before, um, Laurie is quite correct. It, it, having that conversation about what we want in our future is, it gives our family peace of mind. It's an absolute gift. And, um, I know when my husband was ill, he was unable to speak for himself in the last months of his life and we hadn't had that conversation and we have a large loving family but we started to disagree about what health interventions there should be and this is this is the the time you do not want your family starting to have disagreements um and it's so easy to have not easy but to have these conversations ahead of time it just can take away that guilt factor you were talking about, that um, you're not wondering after the event, should I have done this? Did I make the wrong decision? Because you've already had this conversation when somebody was healthy and could make clear-minded decisions about what they wanted. Yeah, I think uh, you know that's a good point about families all of a sudden coming up with different ideas. And some people have never had the conversation, but they're just making assumptions 
of what they yeah. think. And um, I know I've had it with my daughter and she, you know, she does not like the idea of cremation at all. She's like, mom, I just don't want you burnt. And I'm like, and I try to make light of it. And I said, honey, for once in my life, let me be small. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm not in that. I'm not in that vessel anymore. You know, and you can have a piece of me if you want. You can sprinkle me around. You can, I mean, it gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of, you know, what you want to do afterwards, you know. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's really a, an interesting, interesting process. And the thing I like about the cards, too, is, you know, you had mentioned the person coming in with the clipboard and, you know, asking all these very pertinent questions, which I'm sure a funeral, funeral director has to get, you know, cut to the chase and, and get certain things answered. But it allows families to have conversations, too. You know, so this doesn't necessarily have to be an end-of-life conversation. It could be just a smart living conversation that you want to control your life all the time and to be able to openly, you know, almost make a, a game of it in terms of having a conversation of what are your values, what are your beliefs, what, what would you like at this time in your life? And then That's somebody correct. else, you know, you, by talking about it, Somebody else might say, oh, my gosh, I never thought about that. You know, I was thinking this, but now, you know, I, I kind of agree with you, um, you know, or maybe they're going to, you know, say, nope, I'm, I'm still over here, but I still can respect what it is you want. I, I think those conversations are so healthy to have. Absolutely. And, and, and the conversation cards, Your Life Wishes, really cover, we call it a future aging plan. So they, they start right back with, uh, simple questions like, you know, have you made a will? You know, have you made an advanced care directive? But they also go to questions like, you know, should you lose your independence? Uh, what would you like the family to help you do? Um, sell your home and downsize or arrange for home care to come into your home? And do you want that home care provided by the family or by a third party? Uh, would you prefer to go into a, an aged care home? I think if you can have those conversations ahead of time, um, you know, that just relieves a lot of tension at the time. So uh, I, I had one lady say to me recently at a community talk, oh, look, I, I don't need to have those conversations until that happens. <laughs> and until, no, she said, until I need to. And I said, and how are you going to know when you reach the point when you need to? Because often when you do, there is a lot of stress involved because you're unwell or you've had an accident um, so or you've had a, a, a health diagnosis. Much better to talk to the family when you can sit around and have, like you said, a conversation about really all of those ageing things that we need to talk to our family about. Yeah, well, and you don't know when you're going to have a heart attack, you know, it might just be a fatal one. And now there's no time, you know, to have those conversations. And I think we don't think all the time because it's such an uncomfortable conversation for so many people to have of what it leaves our loved ones with to deal with. You know, no one no one kind of takes that step across of, well, if I don't do it, these are these are some of the consequences of what's going to happen and, and a it may be some things might happen that I don't want to happen or b I might add a lot of stress 
and um, discomfort and even dysfunction within the family that wasn't my intent. Yes, and, and I think people look at it the wrong way. They say, oh, well, look, I'll be gone. I don't really care what happens. You know, they, they're looking at it from their point of view. They're not looking at it from what they leave behind. Yeah. But um, maybe, yes, you'll be gone and you don't care, but you don't want your family to be left with issues where um, they have to make decisions and they may not agree. And that might cause uh, a problem within your family. And that's the last thing that you want at that time. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally, totally agree with you on that. I know when, when we had the conversation with my folks and went to the funeral director and did the pre-planning, um, afterwards, I talked to my brothers and I went over everything and they were kind of surprised at some of the decisions that mom and dad had made. And I said, well, you, you could have come, you know, you were invited to come, but you know, yeah. they didn't, they didn't want to have that conversation. And then when we, then when the time came, you know, where we had to meet with the funeral planner once they had passed again to make the final arrangements, it was, it was very uncomfortable, I think, for them because they really didn't remember even what I told them. And it was all from scratch and they were starting to second guess things. And it was like, hey, we've got a third party here we've talked to <laughs> that wrote everything down. So I couldn't even screw it up if I wanted to. <laughs> you know? But it is, um, it is important conversations because when the time comes, those are heavy, heavy decisions to make. And you yes, want I, to it's human nature to to feel uh, nervous like your brothers about talking about it. It's, you know, I, I think society today, we, we're inclined to think that medical science, as we've learned in the hard way in the last 12 months, it can't fix everything. But um, we we prefer to push the, the dying and, and death conversation to the back of our mind. And, uh, you know, we don't bring it out into the open. And... I go out and give community talks and look, I, I try to, people are always very nervous when I start talking because they think they're not going to want to hear what I had to say. And um, I say to them, look, you know, um, talking about sex won't make you pregnant and talking about death won't kill you. Um, trying to, to lighten it, that this, this is not as, as difficult as you think it is going to be. And, uh, once you start this conversation, it, 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 it's the icebreaker that's hard, but once it starts, uh, it can flow quite easily. And that's what the cards are designed as. They're, they're designed as icebreakers. You know, they, you can take them along and say, how about we just pick out one or two and just, we'll just have a chat about one or two of the cards. And you'll find the conversation does get going and it becomes much easier to talk about. Well, and you package them beautifully, you know, just for your marketing pieces. I mean, it's like it, it looks inviting. It doesn't look scary. It doesn't look overwhelming. It looks um, it looks engaging. And um, and I think that that is really helpful, too. And I like that the nurses said, you know, just get them talking about their life to begin with and, and kind of making that normal transition, because I do. I do think people always always go to end of life, and like you said, if you talk about it, you're going to die. Well, no, you're not. And I love the analogy with sex and death. I think that's perfect. <laughs> you know, because you talk about it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Just to get people to laugh a little bit about that when they are feeling nervous is a is a nice uh, 
way to introduce that as well. With the cards now, I, I believe you have two different sets of cards, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. There's two. There's, there's the story, life story side. They're called your life story. And those cards are all questions to get people talking about life stories. There's some simple time frame ones like uh, were you named after anybody? Do you have a nickname? A lot of them, though, are to get people to reflect, like, uh, what are your favourite childhood memories? Uh, what, When you were a child, what did you think you wanted to be when you grow up? Um, uh, you know, who, 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 who was your, your first boyfriend or girlfriend or partner? There's, you know, often the questions are just memory joggers. People say to me, a lot of people say, look, I have a terrible memory. I, I really, I can't remember a lot of things. But it's interesting that if you just jog their memory, they start telling a story. During the story, they start going, oh, I just remembered something else about that that I'd forgotten. So it's all about getting those stories to start to flow. And so the first cards are all about your life story. The other ones are your life wishes, and that's all of so, so the your life story is reflecting on your life, and the other set is your life wishes, which is talking about what you want in your future. So that's part of the future aging plan where we talk to our family about what we have in what we have in mind that we don't ever tell them about, <laughs> and we just hope that somehow they'll guess what we want. Um, so that's that's what the your life wishes are about. Wonderful. Now, how have people received it going electronic and being an app now? Look, Laurie, we resisted that. We had a lot of people ask us if we would develop an app. And initially, um, our thoughts were, well, the cards are all about that having a listening ear and that wonderful conversation and getting it going. But we came to realize it it's very much an instant world now. A lot of people like, uh, if they decide they'd like to do this, they want to do it right then and there. And uh, they like to use their devices. So um, we decided to develop an app, which is really just, it's our cards, but in the app format. And the two conversations are exactly the same, your life story and your life wishes. So people can actually uh, download the app and they can, Talk. They can either key in the answers or they can just talk the answers and record them and it will turn uh, talk into text. And they can uh, save that on their uh, device for up to six family members. Yeah, we will be adding shortly onto that where then we'll be able to get those answers back from us in an e-document e as well. So that will happen in the next few weeks as well. And it's in five languages, so we're just adding more languages on there all the time. Wonderful. Well, you know, and I think being on an app nowadays, especially like with uh, the kids, my daughter's 31. She's on her phone all the time. She would say I'm on my phone all the time, but I'm not on my phone <laughs> near as much. Um, I'm more work-oriented than social-oriented on my phone, and and I don't always have that need for the immediate response, which I think so many do now. And so to be able to have it on your phone and not have an excuse and think, this is an appropriate time, let's try this, um, you know, I, I think is just a, really kind of a miracle worker for, for a lot of families to be able to have that accessibility and yet to have that, that textile card as well, you know, to be able to have that conversation 
uh, that way, um, you know, really allows the flexibility for people. Yes, and we've now found the, the app is fairly new, but we found that uh, in a lot of aged care homes that the uh, people who are doing, sitting with people doing the life story are using the app as well as the cards. So you can use them. They, they can be used together if you wish. So, um, but it, it is very much the immediacy, um, you know, you can say to mum or dad, I've been thinking we should talk about a few things in your future. And they say, yes, let's do it. Probably your mind goes blank to say, what should I ask them first? So the <laughs> app's there to download and, you know, there's the questions. You, there's 50 of them. So, and of course, not all questions apply to everybody, but you can see the ones that are pertinent to your loved one and uh, start the conversation. Yeah. Well, and I like the, you know, the Your Life Talks, too, for people with dementia, just in terms of engagement and, and storytelling. Sometimes people feel so uncomfortable not knowing what to say or, or do with when a person gets diagnosed. And yet you can still have these conversations, um, typically for a long time. I mean, with my mom, I could, you know, she lived with the disease for 30 years. And it was really the last four years when she was in her end stages and couldn't communicate. But to be able to allow her to tell a story, and I think that's probably one of the tricks and one of the trainings with your cards is to accept their story. Not change yeah. it, not correct it, not downplay it, not, not do all the things that a lot of times we do, but just hear the story. Because right or wrong, it's still a story um, to be remembered. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes, um certain aspects of a story become secondary to the process of, of what is happening or what the person telling the story is feeling. It's not always about the story. Sometimes it's more about how it makes the person feel who's telling the story. And that was the case with my husband. The, the story was important to us, but even more important was the fact it just lifted his spirit so much to be able to talk about his life stories with his son. So there's, you know, there's, it's twofold. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a health benefit for them and also uh, the people listening. And, and often um, uh, in uh, some settings, it's, it's great to get to know people that are in a, an aged care facility or, or that because they get to know if the, the listener tells some of their stories, it's a two-way street. <laughs> and exactly. get to know more about the person listening. So it doesn't have to be all one way. It can be a two-way uh, event. So. Yeah, one of the stories I tell about my mom in the nursing home was my daughter and her boyfriend went up to visit her. And the boyfriend, of course, was all into cars. So he was talking about cars, 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 cars. And talking about stereo systems and talking about spinners on wheels and all this stuff. And, and Danielle comes home and says, did Grandma have a pink Cadillac? She told us she had a pink Cadillac with spinners and a sound system. And she didn't even know what spinners were. And, you know, it was called a radio back in the day. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't called a sound system. And I, and I started laughing and I said, no, Grandma never had a pink Cadillac. I said, but Grandma always admired the Mary Kay ladies that sold, you know, makeup and stuff. Right that had pink Cadillacs because she was an Avon lady and they didn't have pink Cadillacs, but that was triggered. And in, you know, in, in her story, 
she had a pink Cadillac. She got a lot of other things through Avon, but it wasn't a pink Cadillac. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful, though, that, you know, just that triggered that memory for her, which was obviously very important to her. She lusted after pink Cadillacs, and that just triggered that memory for her. Yeah, and it was a pride thing, and it was, uh, you know, it was a, a silly story for Danielle and Derek to, to remember, but yet they remember how engaged she was in the conversation. Like, like Danielle, my daughter said, didn't make any difference. It was right or wrong. Grandma was having fun talking with us, you know, exactly. and, and that, and then that made it fun for all of them. You know, they were all laughing and giggling and just having a good time, you know, telling, telling the stories. And, and uh, you never know what, what will tri trigger. Um, I know with my sister with, with Alzheimer's, uh, one of my sons was visiting and my sister used to make dolls. Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy a very, very long time ago. And my son is, is, you know, 40 now, but she made a Raggedy Andy for him when he was two years old. And uh, he saw that she had little statues in her room and he pointed to them and said, I still have my Raggedy Andy doll. And every now and again, she comes out with a clear sentence. And she said, yes, I signed the back of it. So... It's just amazing if you, when you just keep talking, what what it will trigger in their memory. And she smiled because she remembered. And she said, "Yes, I signed the back of it for you." So, okay. um, yeah, well, it's just. A... And sometimes we have to, um, let, you know, be comfortable with the pause, where there is no talk, because especially yes. with a person with dementia, they're still thinking and processing, and mm -hmm. so if we're filling up the air, we're shutting down their memory. And so sometimes just, you know, being comfortable in, in the quiet moment quiet, uh, yes. adds so, so much. And, and it, you know, it tells people you're listening and paying attention, you're being attentive. Those are important things that give us value, make us feel good, um, any of us with things like that. So, um, well, I am really, like I said, I, I, I was really excited when I ran across your, your product because I just think it is, Fabulous. I think it's a needed conversation on multiple levels um, to one, gather life stories, but then one, to kind of do that whole smart living thing in the future aging and not be not be frightened by it because we're all going to age. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's that's not on the cure list right now. That's not the big priority. So, um, you know, we're all going to age and we're all going to die and none of us know when that's going to be. And so we might as well be smart about how we live and plan for the future like we plan for our everyday life and, and you know, try to get the most out of our relationships. Um, I would think that being able to share some of those stories, I know for me, I have tons of stories with my folks, um, it makes me live a better life. It makes me feel more peaceful. You know, and I, I kind of feel sad for my brothers who don't have a lot of the stories that I have. Oh, yes. You know, and I didn't realize that till one day they asked me and said, well, where'd you get all the stories? And I just remember saying, well, I was there. And thinking, oh, my gosh, they don't have these stories. How horrible. I, I How horrible for them. And it, it made me put them in a whole different light. Um, because I was kind of an angry sibling of why aren't you helping more and I'm going to fix you. I'm going to make you be like me, you know, and, and then when I 
finally let go of that. I had more time to spend with my folks versus focusing on trying to fix something I had no control over, um, either with my parents' illness or with my brothers and, and how I wanted them to be part of the, the care process and care team. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, it just feels really good to have those stories. You know, it just, it, it really is um, a, something very, very comforting to be able to fall back on and to have as your own memory. Absolutely. And, and you know, when people pass away, their stories go with them. So um, if you leave it too late, um, as we know, uh, one of my sisters has already uh, passed away. My other sister has Alzheimer's and the other sister has um, aphasia. So uh, while she can speak, uh, her words are, uh, don't make any sense. So I have a cousin who I am getting a lot of stories from about my parents, but I left it too late to, to ask my older sisters. Um, and it's sad, you know, there's, Fortunately, I still have my cousin, but people do leave it too late to do this. And the stories are, I go with, you know, when people pass on, the stories go with them, unfortunately, if you haven't had the opportunity um, to talk. So uh, your brothers are very lucky that you, they have you. <laughs> well, Tell them those I, stories I now. So. that fact. Let <laughs> <laughs> me argue that fact some days. <laughs> Well, is there anything else that we should talk about um, regarding your life talks that we haven't covered, Jolene? Uh, look, I don't think so. It's a, it's a simple idea. And I, I, when I do talk to community groups and to people, they, they invariably say, look, I've been thinking of writing down my life stories or I've been thinking of talking to my family about what I want as I'm aging. We all know that we have to do these things. We just procrastinate. So it's a simple idea. The cards and the app are there just to kickstart those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, it's, not, it's not difficult. We wanted something that was really simple and engaging to use, uh, not you know something bulky or difficult. We just wanted to get those conversations going. And um, to our surprise, <laughs> they've been taken up amazingly, particularly um, in your country and in Canada and the UK. So they're being used right across the board by social workers and hospitals and aged care homes. So um, I'm just happy that, that uh, a small idea has, uh, you know, is encouraging people to have these conversations. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And I'm so thrilled that you're part of Dementia Map too, our global resource directory to um, help more people find you out there um, because it is it is a difficult conversation. Um, even if you're talking about life stories, again, when, you, when you're talking with people with dementia, there's such stigma and fear right there. Or when someone is aging and someone's, you know, um, kind of pivoting and going way in the future and going, hey, hey, we're not there yet. <laughs> you know, we still have life to live. So let's focus on the present and the, and the moment we've yeah. got. We can plan for the future. We can all plan for the future. And I think, uh, I, again, I think it's a good way to get us all to have the conversation. I know when my, when we did my folks' um, will and healthcare declarations, my dad's like, oh, you know, we don't really need that. We don't have that much. And 
And I said, you know what, Tom and I will do it with you, you know, because we need to do this too. We have a child. Mm -hmm. And then it, 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 it took it out of the end of life thing. And it was just about a living thing and a planning yeah, thing. And it took some of the scary out. So, mm -hmm. you know, with families, I would really encourage you to maybe do some of this stuff together because it's going gonna, it's gonna to take the scary maybe out for whoever you're dealing with. Um, but it's going to take the scary out for you because your time's coming. And if you're not willing to address it, you are fearful, most likely, and just haven't admitted it. Exactly. And, and you know, difficult topics or challenging topics, uh, by not talking about them doesn't make it easier. It just makes them more intense when you have to have them, when yep. you know, the occasion arises. It's, it just makes it more difficult. Um, it's guarantee it's it's a hundred percent easier to have it while you can all sit around and maybe even have a bit of a giggle about some things once the conversation gets going, than to be under that um, umbrella of, of stress and trauma because there's been an accident or an incident or whatever. So um, yes, it's uh, time to stop procrastinating and, and have these conversations and. Uh, Unfortunately, with the pandemic, we've, we've been, unfortunately, much more busy with people suddenly realising, hey, um, you just don't know what's around the corner. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, people can go to your website, which is yourlifetalks.com, yourlifetalks, and they can email Jolene at J-O-L-E-N-E at yourlifetalks.com. And you're also on Facebook, again, keeping it simple, Your Life Talks, just look for her mm -hmm. there. And then you also have a YouTube channel as well. And um, what I noticed on the YouTube channel was you do have a video in different languages showing how they can upload your app, um, which I thought was really great. But I really appreciate your time. And I really appreciate that you took the time to pull this together and use what you learn to share with others to make others other people's lives a little bit easier. Thank you, Lauren. It's been lovely chatting with you today. Thank you. You have a great day. And for our listeners, you can always reach me uh, by going to alzheimerspeaks.com uh, or email me at Lori at alzheimerspeaks. We'd love to talk to you about being our next guest. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.